This is Making Stitches and this time we hear about an amazing crochet project supporting Ukrainian refugees. At the end of March and beginning of April, we started with the idea of creating um, a little amigurumi, a little plush toy, which would become uh, potentially that a symbol of resistance of um, refugees and through which we could um, support economically and financially these women, give them a purpose and most importantly help them through therapy to deal with this trauma that they most of them have. and welcome to Making Stitches. I'm Lindsay, a lifelong crafter, a crochet designer and journalist. I love to hear people's stories and each episode on Making Stitches I like to share chats I've had with inspiring makers. Well, this time I'm sharing a conversation I had with a man who, although he doesn't crochet himself, has found a way to help women displaced by the war in Ukraine through the craft of crochet. Raphael saw at first hand the plight of Ukrainian refugees when he landed at his home airport of Madrid in March this year, back at the start of the conflict. He asked his friend Rita, a crochet designer, to help him come up with a plan to help the women he'd seen at the airport, to give them a purpose and benefit from the therapeutic effects of crafting. In a matter of weeks, Amoami was born. The social enterprise has trained Ukrainian women in Spain and Switzerland to make amigurumi bears, which are then sold and sent around the world. My name is Rafael. I'm the co-founder of uh, Amoami Project. It's um, a social enterprise and an association in which we um, we take a crochet as the main mean to um, heal, to therapy uh, women who are refugees from uh, the Ukrainian conflict. And how did this come about? Well, this this actually, uh, this happened uh, I, in the end of March 2022, of course, uh, this year, in the aftermath of, uh, of Russia's invasion of uh, and the war in Ukraine. We, um, I actually landed in the airport in Madrid from an European trip, and I just uh, bumped into like 200 uh, women refugees that were coming from, from Ukraine and children, and I saw like a, a bunch of volunteers trying to to organize the, the arrival of these women, and uh, we, I literally saw the devastation reflected in the eyes of these Ukrainian refugees coming to Spain, and they didn't know what. Uh, where they just landed, uh, what they were going to do, and where they were coming from, basically. No? And we, I was determined to, to find a way to help this community from a different angle, from a different approach, not just through humanitarian aid or um, donations directly to Ukraine, but how to help integrate this new community into uh, their new environment, no? the new society in which they, they, they just... Uh, found themselves so we at the end of march and beginning of april we started with the idea of creating um a little amigurumi a little plush toy which would become uh, potentially that a symbol of resistance of um, refugees and through which we could um, support economically and financially these women give them a purpose and most importantly 
help them through therapy to deal with this trauma that they most of them have. No? And, and the women that you're working with, were they crocheters before or have you had to teach people how to crochet in order to, to, to do this? Most of them have been um, crocheting before. Uh, a few of them are very young and they just did some, some crafts work uh, before when they were teenagers. But we had to retake and, and, and retrain them briefly on the art of amigurumi because as you know it's quite specific amigurumi is just not crochet per se so it requires a different uh, technique no more precise than, than no, no, no more precise or different than, than crochet per se so um we had to train different women for what we created um the pattern of the uh, of our model of our amigurumi uh, in Ukrainian, Spanish, and English. And then we recorded ourselves, um, the other co-founder, uh, Rita, who is the designer, uh, she recorded herself um, knitting and crocheting every part of the uh, teddy bear that we created, that we made. And we did a YouTube channel in order to train those women who couldn't be uh, present during the workshops that we organized uh, in Madrid. I'm not sure if you know, but we have different communities spread around uh, Europe. The seed was Madrid, but we have uh, different women in Galicia, in Andalusia, in Malaga, Alicante, and Madrid, as I said, and in Switzerland. In Switzerland, we have uh, 25 women who are, who are working from Lausanne, Basel, and uh, Geneva areas. Gosh, that just goes to show the spread of, of the people who, you know, people have had to go far and wide to escape this trauma, haven't they? Exactly. What kind of benefits then have you seen with the women that you've been working with? So uh, this, it's it's been a, an incredible journey. It's an incredible, uh, even as a, as a therapy for me myself, for, for uh, the co-founders have been incredibly enriching experience. And it is because we see the progression and evolution in these women, no? in the way they interact with one another, but also the way they feel empowered about uh, what they do and where they live. It's uh, it's remarkable to see the very first meeting that we held in, in Madrid, uh, end of March, to explain, to pitch our project and to attract these women to, to participate. And it's true that they were, first of all, very skeptical, very scared even to to just uh, tell their names to share their experiences and to to communicate with us and they were um yeah skeptical to to to, to talk to one another even and uh, to see how now this is giving them uh, a purpose of belonging to a group to a community it's uh, it's really amazing no they they tell me they tell us that these moments that they spend every day crocheting helps them tremendously to evade themselves from the thoughts of uh, who has remained in Ukraine, her husbands, her sons who couldn't escape Ukraine, and uh, the, the, the mere fear of every day to, to wake up to a call saying that uh, something's happened to their houses or to their family uh, is terrific, it's, it's horrible for them. So um, meeting, it's the moment in which they find peace and they can think of something else they distract themselves no and uh, secondly 
it also they feel very proud that what they are doing, the, the manual work, you not know, the, the craftsmanship that they are doing with their hands, is bringing joy, is bringing uh, happiness to to kids all around the world, no? and it's uh, it's a way also of sharing Ukrainian culture across uh, across different places, no. Absolutely. And these bears that are being made, where are they going? They go everywhere. We we started, uh, as I said, in, in Spain. And we actually, it's funny because we started uh, telling the story of each woman and our project in Spanish only. And then all of a sudden, like uh, after 12 or even less, 10 posts, we had to revert the language and, and speak just in English and then maybe also have a, a subtitles or like a second uh, language in Spanish because uh, the, the, the interest came from all over the world and we are especially sending uh, sending birds to the US. I would say 50% goes to the US and Australia, New Zealand. We are sending to Hong Kong as well. We've uh, sent to Brazil, Chile, the UK, of course, all across Europe. And um, we now we see like the... the, the, the distribution of birds is very, very equally distributed among the rest of the country. So uh, it's, uh, it's, it's, there are interests everywhere. There's uh, solidarity uh, everywhere, actually. Absolutely. And the money that you're raising through selling these bears, where does that go? So 70% of the funds of the, of the price, of the cost of the, the client pays for a bear goes directly to the woman, to the knitter and to the purchase of material. So basically the, the cotton, the hypoallergenic um, stuffing. Uh, we pack the, the birds in a, in a very beautiful plant-based um, biodegradable bag that we have printed our logo. And then we also include a postcard signed by the knitter, by the crocheter, no? and, and we wish, in which we tell the story of the project. So all of this and goes directly to, to the knitter and for this material. And the rest is for us to pay the domains, the marketing purposes, and to expand the project uh, across different places. Because the way we do and we want to grow is to is what we've done so far is to go through different phases. At the beginning, we do prototype phase to see whether women want to can, first of all, and they are able to produce to, to, to crochet this bear. And then once we do this, uh, prototype uh, approval, we start uh, shipping materials directly to, to each woman or to each center no? to, for the redistribution. So you're, are you hoping to expand that and then go to, to other places to find Ukrainian women who can join you? Exactly, exactly. We, we, we start in Spain as just, uh, as we live here in, uh, in Madrid. And then we try to expand uh, secondly to French speaking countries, because I speak French as well. And then it was Switzerland, a Swiss organization that replied uh, right away. It's called Free Ukraine. And they replied right away, helping us recruit women and, and spread the message. And that's randomly the second country where we, uh, we opened our second community, our second uh, yeah, community. But we know that uh, the concentration of refugees is higher in, 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 in the bordering countries, no? uh, closer to, to the geography of Ukraine, like Poland, Romania, even Germany than Spain and Switzerland. So our intention is to expand to those areas, not to, to have more impact on the refugee community. Indeed. And is there anything that you can advise people to do if they want to support you? Yes, we are constantly looking for people to help us in many different ways. 
in the website, in the creation of the website, in using marketing, spreading the message, just uh, uh, writing a column like you're doing or writing a, an article to let people in the country, in the communities know about this project because we have very limited resources in terms of uh, on how to yeah, brand ourselves, very limited so far. And uh, we would like, uh, you know, the, the, word, uh, the word of mouth to, to, to work uh, faster and more extensively. And we are also um, asking people if they know of any Ukrainian woman anywhere in Europe or in the world who, who can knit and who can crochet. I mean, Gurumi, more than welcome to contact us through email or through Instagram or Facebook for us to, to get in touch with her and hopefully to give her the possibility to participate in this project. Oh, that's wonderful. Well, it's amazing that you, from just witnessing these women in the airport to getting to this stage where you are now with, with so many women involved already, it, it is wonderful. You must feel very proud. It's much more than we expected, to be honest. We were doing trial and error. We were trying to do okay. We were just like uh, run our own uh, little investments in this project. If it works well, fantastic. If it doesn't, we are helping women. So it's a different way of donating. No? So um, it's, it's working quite well. And we don't want to stop just in the Ukrainian conflict. This is a scalable project that aims to tackle different groups of um, vulnerable people. No? We just... We hope this doesn't uh, chronify this uh, this conflict forever, but it tends to. It seems like it's going to last longer than we expected. But we aim to also have different um, amigurumi models, different symbols for different causes. No, like there are refugees from all over the world, from Syria, from Yemen, from Afghanistan. There are uh, victims of domestic violence. There are many people which could benefit from the therapy of crocheting. So we believe in crochet as a mean to heal, as a mean to create a, a power in their own lives, a sense of belonging and purpose. And we are not stopping just in, uh, in Ukraine. We, it's, it's the, the, it was the inspiration, but we want to go beyond. Wonderful. And what's your background, Raphael? Are you a crocheter yourself? No. <laughs> I am a bit ashamed to recognize, to admit that I don't crochet myself. To be honest, I've always been raised next to my grandma crocheting. So it's something that uh, is even emotional for me because she she was an amazing artist doing uh, all sorts of uh, wonderful work and, and crafts with uh, her hands. And it's uh, it's something that's very, it's always resonated in me because I, I grew up with it, but I don't crochet myself. So my background is basically work for... Uh, completely different uh, background uh, sort of company. I work for um, in supply chain, basically for a, for a French company. And I've been living across the world in Hong Kong, in the UK, in the US, um, the Middle East for the past uh, 10 years. And I just happened to land back in Europe uh, very recently uh, to, to find uh, this horror no, that we have in our soil. So um, my, my background is completely different, but I'm learning a lot. I am... I'm loving more than ever my involvement with crochet, but it's the other co-founder, Rita, that she's an expert in amigurumi, and I couldn't have uh, started this project without her because she she was the, the designer and the technique uh, mind, technical mind behind this. It's a beautiful little bear, and it's so nice that he wears like a. It looks like Ukrainian embroidery. The little yes. Sort of, 
collar that he has. Yes, we we were doing some field work before to, to find out what's the typical animal that could represent Ukraine, and it happens as most of the countries and they don't have any. They have many, you know. They have they don't have one animal that represents the country per se. So we thought to do something easy and simple, but at the same time with a wink, with a with a with an Ukrainian inspiration, and we thought that these beautiful embroideries that Ukrainian um, garments and shirts and, and dresses have, which mostly are uh, knitted in, in, uh, in uh, red and black, could be the source of inspiration. So we created a scarf or jumper that the, the, the little bear has, and we just replicated the, some sort of embroidery that reminded us of the Ukrainian ones. And we give complete freedom to each woman to customize the bear the way they, they want, because they know better than us what an Ukrainian embroidery is like. So they can, they, some, some of them do little hearts, little uh, motifs, floral, and uh, it's, it's, it's gorgeous. And we just launched actually the second collection of Amoami bears, which is tiny ones, the mini version of nine centimeters by five centimeters, uh, which are ideal for Christmas decoration for the, for the Christmas tree or, or, or the doors or the, or the drawers, no. So we um, we have now these two teddy bears that came from from the Ukraine inspiration. If somebody wants to buy one of the bears, what should they do? How can they find them? So we are working, as I said, on the website on our own online store that which still we don't have. So we receive orders via our email info at amoami eu and Instagram and Facebook, and uh, they can drop us any message. We tend to reply very, very fast, as I think you experienced. Absolutely. And, uh, <laughs> and uh, we are more than welcome to, to hear suggestions, even to hear uh, comments, how to improve, and of course, orders to, to keep us alive. Wonderful. Oh, well, Raphael, thank you so much for your time. It's been absolutely fascinating and I wish you all the best and, and good luck with expanding what you're doing. It's a wonderful thing. Thank you very much, Lindsay, for your interest, for, for writing us, because it's it's amazing to, to hear and to receive these kind of uh, inquiries. My thanks to Raphael for agreeing to speak to me for Making Stitches. If you'd like to find out more about the Amoami project, you can find their links in the show notes for this episode. You'll also be able to read about Amoami and the work of other crocheters to support people affected by the war in Ukraine in a future edition of Simply Crochet magazine. I've been researching an article for the magazine about the subject and it really is amazing to hear how the crochet community has pulled together to try to help. That issue of Simply Crochet will be published on the 27th of December. And I'd just like to say a huge thank you to you for listening. In the last couple of weeks, Making Stitches made it to the top of the Apple podcast charts for craft podcasts in the UK and Canada, in Australia and New Zealand, and even made it to number five in the USA. That's down to people spreading the word by sharing episodes and leaving reviews on podcast platforms. Thank you so much for doing that. By sharing in this way, more people get to hear about the podcast and are able to enjoy it too. If you want to be kept up to date with what's going on with Making Stitches and get exclusive offers, you can sign up to the Making Stitches newsletter. There's a link to do this in the show notes for this episode. 
All that's left is for me to say thank you again for listening and for all your support. I'll be back again in two weeks' time with more inspiring creative chat. Until then, stay safe and enjoy your crafting. 